Welcome to the Family Photography Marketing Podcast, where we dive into the world of marketing and help you take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Fiona, a marketing expert with 10 years of experience in the family photography industry. And in each episode of this podcast, I'll be sharing my insights and strategies for successful marketing to help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of digital and traditional marketing techniques. So whether you're just starting out or looking to fine-tune your marketing approach, this podcast has something for you. So join me and let's get started. Hi friends and welcome to the Family Photographer Marketing Podcast. This episode is going to be about educational content ideas for family photographers. So if you're at a place where you are writing your marketing plan or you need a simple marketing plan, I do think it's really important that one of the content pillars of that plan is education. So the first thing to know is that a lot of times when I see photographers marketing around education, they have kind of the wrong theme um, around that education foundation. So the correct theme is what is my potential client worried about, struggling with, and what is preventing them from actually getting on my calendar? This type of educational content is not about you as a photographer per se. It's not things you like to do, things you enjoy, information about your family. That's more relatability content. And sometimes those things can be confused. And so we as photographers think that we're educating when we're really just talking about ourselves, which is very important within a brand too, but that's not what we're talking about here. So if you're struggling to come up with education around these areas like what is your client struggling with? What are they fearful about when it comes to booking with you? I'm going to give you a few ways to identify those. So the first thing is to do, the first thing to do, sorry, is to think empathetically. So if you have family photos booked for spring, for example, or let's say there's a photographer that you've identified and you really love their work and you'd love to book a spring session, we're just putting ourselves in these empathetic shoes. What would hold you back? So personally, let's rewind to 2022 and we'll talk about my own struggles as someone who should have no struggles because this is my job, but I still had blocks around booking my own family photographer session for my family. So the first one was location. Um, There's a lot of locations out there. I wanted to make sure I I chose the right one. I wanted to really understand what it looked like in different types of weather. So that was great because my photographer is extremely consistent with her the, the photos that she shows. So I knew that if I pick this location on this type of day, that I was going to get this type of result, depending on what the weather was doing. So that was really reassuring for me, because again, if we go back to the fear point, the main fear point for every potential client is that the brand that they discovered and fell in love with your brand then does not produce the same sort of results when they put the effort in to actually get on your calendar and do a session with you. That's the main fear point. So because my photographer had consistently shot at these locations, I had a lot of data where I could say, okay, I feel pretty confident that if we choose, if we choose this location on a sunny day, this is what it's going to look like. I love that. So that fear block kind of diminishes away. The other fear I had was how were my kids going to react to this photographer? My kids are extremely shy. They don't 
really like new people that much. They aren't the type of kids who are really outgoing. Um, and sometimes people don't react very well to them. They kind of try too hard, get too close to them, end up turning them off more. So because this photographer that we ended up hiring is a personal friend of mine, I knew that she would be fine with my kids. But if I didn't know that, then it would have been really helpful if, for example, that photographer had had a blog post or a reel or some type of content, an Instagram post about how they work with the different personalities of different kiddos. So how are you working with a kiddo who arrives to the shoot and is shy? How are you working with a kiddo who needs to be snuggled up to mom at all times? So there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for solo shots of that kiddo because they're going to be glued to their parent. How are you going to work with kiddos who have a little bit more of a wild side? So that sort of thing is really important for parents because they do not know how their kids are going to react in this situation, but if they feel that the photographer is prepared for any and all personalities and they're down for whatever goes down, again, that's another fear block that sort of diminishes away. Okay, and the third one that I had about this particular session was styling. And I have tons of resources that I create for my own clients, but I still got stuck in overwhelm. So I knew what I should do, which was choose my outfit first, build the outfits around my outfit, which is what I recommend to all clients, because often what happens is they start with the kids and then their outfit becomes the last resort kind of thing and they don't love it. So I know it's really important for me at the shoot to love my outfit that I was wearing. So I did calm myself down, remember that that was the best strategy and go forward. So how can you create education around styling where your potential client knows that you are going to be there to hold their hand through that process? So if we focus on just these three things, location, kiddo, behavior, and styling, there are about 1 million micro-educational content ideas that you could talk about. You can showcase how locations look between spring and fall. You can show different styling between those two seasons. Maybe your potential client has always done photos in the fall. I meet a lot of clients like this. Like there's this idea and many people come into the family photography world as clients because they believe that they need to get a Christmas card. So the natural time to obtain family photos is fall. So every single professional photo that they have of their family is them in fall styled outfits, fall locations, maybe every single uh, image of their family that was taken by a professional photographer has kind of like a fall look. Maybe there's fall leaves on the trees. Those sort of colors are totally different. And that sort of styling is totally different than a flowy dress and wildflowers. So they're just within that one change with the difference between what it looks like to work with you, your locations, how they change through spring, summer, and fall, how styling changes through spring, summer, and fall. You can create so many different education pieces just around there. It could be best kiddo outfits for little girls in spring, and then you can recreate that exact content for each season, best footwear for each season, recreate for each type of family member. There's so many opportunities for ideas within that where your client could be struggling. So the idea is to think that kind of step away from your own brand and your own what you're looking at all the time and think about what a client might have experienced from other photographers or how they may view what family photography is and how you can bring them in to maybe try something new. So 
that sort of educational content builds so much trust because all the little questions that I have, all the worries that I have as a mom or a person who's booking this session start to diminish as I realize that my family photographer has thought of so many of these potential issues that I could have and they're there for me to help me overcome them. Um, and when you're creating this content, we want to think about the fact that the recommended way that I, I feel as a marketing educator for family photographers to market is a seasonal approach, which means that once you create a lot of this content, you can then just keep repurposing it every season. The idea is not to be a full-time content creator in addition to being a photographer. So you don't want to overwhelm yourself, but know that if you put some work into creating educational content around spring and you then later on this year do the same for summer and fall, you can just recreate those ideas and repurpose them for years to come. So I think that's really important when we ourselves can get stuck in the overwhelm of creating content. So we know that, let's move on to kiddo behavior. So if you created a piece of content that showcased families that had kiddos that had different personalities and the resulting images of those, that would be very, very powerful for a mother or parent who's booking and worried about kiddo behavior. If I had known, you know, for example, many of my clients are so relieved when they learn that they can text me photos of their outfits because oftentimes styling falls to the mom and she's kind of alone in that. No one's really in, she might actually have an active pushback from everyone in her family about the styling portion, even though she knows just like I know that the styling is important. But if she sees me, the family photographer as her team member, she can text me photos. I'm going to give her ideas back. I am here to hold her hand through that process and she's not alone. That can be a huge relief and the overwhelm can melt away. But if I don't educate about the fact that I do that, if I don't tell people in my educational content to potential clients that they are welcome to send me pictures and text me ideas and that I will respond and help them, then they're not going to know that and I can't help them overcome that hurdle to actually get on my calendar. So if you've tapped out yourself of imagined fears and worries that potential clients might have, the other thing I really recommend you do is actually ask your audience. So if you have a TikTok or sorry, I don't know what, where TikTok flew in there. If you have an Instagram following or you have an email list or you have any potential clients or you even have friends or family that have booked family photography sessions in the past, Ask them what it was that kept them from booking a session or what fears or worries did they have? And it's really good to get very specific with these questions. If you ask too generically, like for example, if you say, why haven't you booked a family photography session this year? The number one reason might be money. So to get around that, you'd say, besides finances, what's a main reason that you haven't booked a family photography session? And then you can use those answers as educational content. You can even get more specific. When it comes to choosing outfits or family photos, for example, where do you get stuck? Where do you feel overwhelmed? That sort of data is so important and completely underutilized by family photographers. We sometimes worry that if we poll our audience, ask our audience that it's coming across as unprofessional 
And that is the opposite of what is happening. The more you understand what that potential client is struggling with, the more of an asset you can become, the more of a trusted ally you become in the booking process, the more they're going to lean into family photography session with you, as opposed to being a generalized shopper for a family photography session. If they feel that you are the one who is going to help them with all of these potential issues that may arise and that you are 100% on their team and that your goal just as their goal is to make sure that they get a session that looked exactly like the type of session that they fell in love with, the more trust you're going to have between the two of you and the easier the session is going to be and the happier they are going to be when they receive their gallery. These sort of educational handholding moments are so, so important in building trust. So the other thing you need to remember is that people need to hear things a lot. And I'm going to keep saying this because I feel like it is a number one struggle point that I hear from family photographers that within their marketing, they feel annoying or they feel salesy. So the more that you can overcome that fear of talking about things too much, the more direct your path will be to filling your calendar. It's that important. So we know from data, from science, we can be we can lean on science here. Marketing scientists have determined that seven to 10 times is the amount of times that people need to see something to actually see it. So I know I say that in a lot of episodes, but I'm just going to keep saying it so that anytime you create content and you're about to publish it, and then you worry that you're being annoying, I want you to lean back on that science and remember that that's what we know about consumers. And that's what we, if we were truthful, know about ourselves as well. I generally, when I get targeted with an ad and I'm interested in that thing, like right now, the thing that's following me around on the internet are these gather. They're like a little play mats and kind of really cute bean bags. They're all very beige and neutral colors and their, their marketing draws me in. So I can't help it. Every time I see an ad, I kind of pause on it for a second. And of course the algorithm is picking up on that and then sending me more ads. And I probably saw three or four ads before I actually click through the website. So now I've been on the website. So I'm slowly taking these tiptoe steps to probably becoming an eventual buyer of that product. But I myself am a sloth in this process. I am not someone who jumps in to buy. There's many different types of buyers in the world. Some people see something, fall in love with it. They book it right away. I'd say that those are the most rare type of people, but they do exist. Most people need to see something, build trust within that brand to actually book. So if you are quiet and you're not educating and you're losing out on opportunities to be the trusted resource for your own brand, the only person that's hurt there is you. And of course, your potential client who doesn't learn more about you, fall more in love with you, build more trust with you. Okay, so how do you know whether or not this educational content is hitting? How do you know whether it's working? So there's just two data points that I follow. This is for Instagram, for example. I don't care about views and likes. First of all, it's a comparison game with views and likes so often. And I know so many photographers who are still buying likes and buying comments. If you're doing that, first of all, stop doing that. But also if you are a photographer who's comparing to other photographers, know that many, many people are still partaking in those types of bots. So just know that that's happening. That's why you should never, never compare. And if you see someone who seems to always get a ton of views or a ton of likes, 
just know that yes, there's a chance that that's organic. There's also a high chance that that is not organic. So we don't want to, that's a helpful metric in terms of getting out, out of the comparison game. When it comes to whether or not we know if our educational content is good, we focus on shares and saves because those are our actions that show that people are invested in the content enough to share it. And they're invested enough in the content to save it because they want to look at it again. Those are very, very powerful metrics within social media. Any social media platform who has those two metrics as a viewable, trackable data point, those are the two that I lean on. So um, again, these, this should be part of your overall marketing strategy. You don't necessarily need to be educating every time you go online. However, you're probably, hopefully, after this episode, swimming with some ideas that you could implement. Um, so again, going back to episode one of this podcast, you're going to probably need to get over your fear of judgment when you're talking about things and lean into the truth that is the fact that you are are the expert of your own brand. So you don't need to worry about the judgment of other people or saying, I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers. You do have the correct answers for potential clients to book with you because you are the expert here. So it's okay to step into that role and create content as that expert educator for clients booking your brand because there is no one else better suited on this planet to help people get on your calendar than you. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This episode is sponsored by my online marketing class, Four Steps, the Four Step Marketing Plan for Family Photographers. So it's a Zoom class, it's $44, and it's taking place on February 16th. And the replay will be sent out if you can't make it. And you'll also get my marketing planner that will kind of help you plan out each season of your family photography business. It also has some helpful tools within the planner that can help you track these metrics. So I hope to see you there. And if not, I will see you next week. Mm-hmm.